Welcome, friends, to another episode of Care Package to Japan, where we showcase God's love for Japan through stories of people. I am your host, Evangeline. In this episode, I'm here with Steve. Steve is a lover of Jesus, and he's also a pastor in the northern region of Japan. So let's get started. So today, our guest is Steve.、Um, Steve is dialing in from the Tohoku region of Japan. So, Steve, thank you so much for joining me today on this podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, Steve. So, I actually don't know you too, too well either.、Um, so, can you give both me and the audience an introduction to who you are and who Steve is? Sure.、Um, I am now a missionary in Japan and I've been here for the past 20 years, but I grew up in the greater Los Angeles area and I worked as a middle school teacher in Los Angeles Unified School District and did that for 13 years. And then God called me to Japan, which is where I've been serving here. What, what year was it when you went to Japan? I came here in 2001. Oh, wow. Many years. It's been many years. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about,、um, before we dive deeper into, into your story, and I'm excited to get into the meat of it.、Um, and this is one question that I like to ask、um, all of my guests before we get started. What was, and, and I feel like you, you,、uh, <laughs> you have it a little easier because you are located in Japan currently.、Um, what was the last Japanese food that you had? <laughs> the last Japanese food, yakisoba. Yum.、Um, can you tell, can you describe what it is to the people who might not be familiar with what yakisoba is? Sure, yakisoba is stir fried noodles and vegetables. And it's,、um, it's not too difficult to make and it's very good. And that's, I had that yesterday, in fact. Yeah. Did you make it yourself or did someone else make it? No, I can make I made it. That's one of the few Japanese dishes that I could make. <laughs> yeah. That sounds so good. Yeah. Yeah, so this podcast is about showcasing God's love for Japan. And I, I would really, I'm really interested in hearing more about. So, you were a school teacher. Like, how did you, how did, like, I mean, how did Japan even pop up in, in、yeah. your life? You know, because that's, that's pretty, that's pretty,、um, I don't want to say random, but it's, it's, It's not every day that, that I hear stories of、um, middle school teachers being like, yes, I want to become a missionary in Japan. Yeah, well, you know, it did seem kind of random and it really surprised me、um, because God led me to the particular school I was teaching at. And I loved being a middle school teacher. You know, I was one of those people that could say that I really loved my job. And、um, in fact, there was another Christian teacher at the school where I was teaching, and he and I started a Christian club. And we had students saved in our classroom through the Christian club. Oh,、and、that's so, so cool. I know. And so I knew I was where God wanted me to be, and He was blessing the ministry. 
And I seriously thought I would be doing that for the rest of my life until I retired. And I would have been very happy doing that. Um, but one Sunday, I was at church. Uh, my home church is the Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California. And it's a big church, so the church itself would send out missions teams to countries all over the world. And one particular Sunday, I arrived at church, and it was a little bit early, and so I was just sitting there, and inside the program, there was a bulletin insert about the teams that were going to be sent out that year. And, you know, I had an interest in missions, so I was uh, looking at that and was reading the descriptions of the teams, and there was a short description about a team that was going to Japan. And I don't know how to describe it, but it just stood off of the page. And it seemed like this, you know, little description about the Japan team was just being highlighted to me. Wow. And I thought, okay, you know, what's that about? You know, I'd never experienced that before. And, and I just thought, you know, God, do you want me to go to Japan? And it really surprised me because to be really honest, <laughs> I'm an honest person, I had no interest in going to Japan or even in traveling to Japan. Um, and so I just, I started to pray and I went to an introductory meeting about teams where they explained about what the missions teams were about. And I just kept taking one step forward at a time. And I met with the team leader and I got on the team and, um, you know, before we ended up going to Japan, God just confirmed that, yeah, he wanted me to go to Japan. So we came to Japan for a couple weeks. We went to Hokkaido in the city of Hakodate and we did children's ministry and worship ministry. And it was an amazing experience. You know, God blessed it greatly and it was you know, more than I could have ever imagined. And when we were leaving, the people from the church met us at the airport and they were singing to us in Japanese mm. and just really blessing us. And those of us on the team just began crying. <laughs> and I mean like ugly crying. <laughs> and, you know, I'm at the airport and I'm sobbing like a little child because I'm leaving. And, um, I thought, what is this about? Why am I crying that I'm leaving Japan? And um, that was my first experience. Oh, and in fact, <laughs> I was thinking, you know, this is probably the only opportunity that I'm ever going to have to come to Japan. And it would be great to do some sightseeing and just stay a little bit after the team leaves to, you know, just kind of travel around and see Tokyo. So I actually made arrangements to stay an extra week because in my mind, I thought, oh, I'll never have the opportunity to come back to Japan. <laughs> and so I stayed for an extra week after the team left and, you know, toured, came back to Los Angeles, went back to my life here, you know, my life there, I should say, and back to my job. And I, you know, to be honest, I really didn't think too much about Japan after that. And then the next year, um, when it came time for teams to be sent out again, I thought, oh, you know, I should pray and see if, you know, God wants me to go anywhere. And I just felt 
like God was tugging my heart to come back to Japan. So I ended up coming a second year and then a third year, three years in a row. And in between the second and third year, the pastor that we were working with sent me a Christmas card. And at the end of the Christmas card, he said, I want you to pray about coming to Japan for a year. And I knew that he was looking for people to come, you know, longer than just a couple weeks to stay for a year or two. But I never for a moment considered that because, you know, I loved my job in LA and I knew that God had led me to that job. So, you know, I thought, you know, he went to the trouble to write this on the car and I should pray about it. But to be honest, I really didn't pray that hard about it because I didn't feel that to go. And so it was kind of like when I thought about it, I would pray about it. And then one morning, I was having my devotion time in the morning and I was reading Genesis 12, where God calls Abram to go to a new country that he would show him. And I no sooner read that verse in 12.1, and I knew 100% that God was calling me to go to Japan. And God spoke to me so strongly at that point, and I was just so convicted, like, oh my gosh, God is calling me to go to Japan. So I packed up my life, and I was able to take a one-year leave of absence, so I came to Japan for one year. And that was my plan. <laughs> I was going to go back to my job in Los Angeles after that year and, you know, continue on. But over time, you know, God was showing me, you know, it's longer than a year. So then I had to commit for another year and it just gradually kept getting longer and longer. And now it's here I am after 20 years. Wow. Living in the same city. Oh, it, it's, it's uh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, and you know, if I can share about how, you know, one of the ways that God has worked in my life, if he had told me 20 years ago, you know, you're going to be moving to Japan long-term, to be honest, I would have said no, because I wasn't ready at that time to commit and to make that kind of a sacrifice. But, you know, God called me for one year knowing that, yeah, I could do that. I can come for one year. And it showed me about how God is gracious in dealing with us, that he won't show us more than we're able to receive at that time. And so, you know, I share that just as a testimony to how great God is, that he only shows us what we're able to receive because I know so many times we want to know the long range plans of our life. You know, right, yeah. what is the next five years? What's the next 10 years going to look like? And, you know, even if we're really living in obedience and following God, there's times where he's not going to show us. And there's a reason for that. And one of the reasons is, you know, we not may not be able to accept or to even believe what those plans are. Yeah. Yeah, I love to ask you a question, and um, and I don't know if this this is probably just like more for me, but I love to like pick your brain on it because it's something that I am personally thinking about. Um, 
And I love for you to just like share just from your journey of being a believer of Jesus, being a follower of Jesus. What has kind of like helped you fine tune um, his voice? For example, um, when when you share earlier about the story of, um, or, or just um, how God called you to take that leap of faith um, and, and, and how you read Genesis 12, one, and that just like jumped out at you and you just like knew um, that God was calling you to Japan. And I'd love for you to share of like, share about like throughout your life, how have you, kind of like gain that confidence of knowing that like hey like that is the holy spirit at work within me like that's not my own voice that's not the voice of the world that's that's not i don't know like satan or something like that is that is the holy spirit like that is god um could you share a little bit about that yeah um well like i shared when god spoke to me so strongly through the word that time i was having my quiet time and I think that's one of the keys is to make quiet time so that you can be with God, just God in you. And, you know, we often use, Christians often use the word quiet time, but sometimes it's not so quiet. <laughs> My quiet times begin with worship and I just start singing and worshiping God and um, coming before Him and just you know, reminding myself who he is and worshiping, singing, kneeling, weeping before him, and then listening, just being quiet, quieting my heart. And, you know, I don't feel led or I don't hear his voice all the time, and that's okay. Um, you know, then I'll read the word. And there's something about worshiping God before you read the word that I think is really helpful. And I think through God's word is the way that he speaks to us most often. Um, so yeah, I would encourage everyone just to keep reading the word. And, you know, sometimes you'll read a passage and you've read that passage hundreds of times before, but all of a sudden, you know, you'll see something different about it and you'll feel like wait maybe that's god showing me something and i think we need to have confidence that god does speak through his word and does kind of nudge our heart to move in certain ways and um, you know when i made that decision to go to japan like I said, God spoke to me really strongly because he knew that I needed a strong nudge, a strong direction in order to make that big decision. And when I needed to make the decision to stay longer than a year, I wanted that same 100% conviction. But I realized, you know, God is not going to give me that 100% conviction every time because he wants me to step out in faith not knowing 100%. If we know 100%, that's not faith. Faith is moving forward 
trusting that you kind of sort of think this is the direction you're to go. And when we take a step of faith, I think sometimes we know, oh, wait, no, that wasn't the right step because we don't have peace. And we just don't feel, you know, a settling in our spirit. But sometimes we'll take that step of faith and then God will give us a, um, a conviction and a, just an assurance through various ways that, yeah, that was the step of faith. That was right. And then take the next step. What's the next step after that? And also, I think it helps not to focus too much on the future. Um, all we need to know is the very next step. So I think it helps to kind of stay in the present and just spend time with God and just know what the next step is and then just take a step of faith and move forward. And if we're really, you know, living in obedience and having communion with God, we'll know soon enough whether that step was in the right direction or not. Yeah, I think that's definitely something that I am also learning in my in my life because I am in the stage of my life where there are many good opportunities presented to me. And sometimes I'll like bring it before the Lord and like, God, I don't know. Is there, yeah. is there like one, one like correct way that I should, you know, it's like as simple. I mean, it could be as simple. The way I describe it is like, there's an apple, there's an orange, like which one do I eat? Like, yeah. I don't know, God. Yeah. And I think he's really just, um, teaching me that like I am his daughter and that like these these decisions that I make like he's so happy that I bring it before him and he wants yeah. me to build this yeah. confidence of knowing that like I get to co-labor with him in these these choices and he's not he's going to give me grace um in whatever decision I make and yeah. that I need to know that like that like he's with me like that's his promise um yeah so that's just been something that i've been thinking a lot about and thank you so much for for sharing your two cents on it that was that was very wise yeah you know i think he rejoices when we tell him i don't know because then you know like you say we get to co-labor with him and it makes us press in closer and um I forgot who said it, but I read somewhere, the greatest words of faith are, I don't know. You know, and that kind of represents a willingness to be led. Because when we know, we usually end up, you know, doing things what we think is the best way. But when we don't know, you know, God is like, great, now I've got you. <laughs> and then he can lead, lead us in where he wants us to go. Yeah. yeah, can you talk um, about your personal journey of just like your relationship with the Lord and how it's it's um, kind of like the different stages um, as you journey with him, as you said, like starting from like the moment you said yes to Japan and then the the step of like yes i will do a year yes i will do another year like how has your relationship with um god either changed or looked different in the various seasons um since you've been in japan yeah well it's been um 
you know, it's been a long journey and it hasn't always been easy. And I haven't always been as willing as I should have been. You know, I think many of us can look back at our lives and say, oh, I wish I trusted God more. And I wish I took more steps of faith. Um, I knew I had a calling as a missionary. And so I came to Japan for a year and I understood, you know, over time that that was more long-term and I gradually got used to doing ministry in Japan. But I never saw myself as a leader and I never wanted to lead. I'm the type that I'm very happy behind the scenes. I like doing things, you know, behind the scenes, give me a job to do and I'm happy. And I like working under great leaders but I never saw myself as a leader. But, you know, in Japan, there's so few Christians and there's a great shortage of leaders and pastors. So I was very reluctant to become a leader and to become a pastor. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, like I said, you just have to trust God and take a step forward, even though it may feel really uncomfortable at first. And the pastor of our church, um, he he's now retired from being pastors, but he pastored well into his 80s. And that may be unusual for the United States, but that's actually typical in Japan because there are so few leaders that pastors keep pastoring in their 60s and 70s and 80s, some even in their 90s. And, um, you know, I looked around and I realized there's no one to come and lead the church anymore. And so it's kind of that thing where you kind of look around and you realize you're it. <laughs> you need to step yeah, up. Yeah, can you, can you, um, for, can you give the audience a little bit of background, kind of like laid the land of what church looks like, maybe when you first arrive in Japan and maybe how it's, maybe if it hasn't changed or has changed since the 20 years that you've been there, um, maybe a little bit about like statistics, um, because I know some listeners are aware, um, at the same time, there are some listeners who don't know too much about, um, what Christianity in Japan is like. Um, so I'd love for you to touch on that a little bit, if that's okay. Sure, sure. Um, there's about 1% of Christian population in Japan. And that is even after many, many years of steady missionary influx into this nation. You know, after World War II, um, General Douglas MacArthur called for missionaries to come into this nation and they were actually very accepting at that time and so for the last uh, what is it 70 80 years there's been you know thousands of missionaries and there still are constantly coming into Japan yet that percent has remained virtually unchanged so it's a very difficult nation to minister in and Japanese are very reluctant to change. Um, the average size of a church in Japan is maybe like 15, 20 people, usually just one pastor leading the church. The average age of a pastor in Japan is probably around 60. And 
We are in desperate need of young leadership, young people to be the next pastors, missionaries, deacons, and leaders in the church. So it's very different from um, churches in the States in that regard. Churches are small and there's usually just one leader in the church. Yeah, thanks for highlighting that. Um, have you noticed any change in the 20 years that you've been there? Um, Very little. Um, mm -hmm. This is a nation where change takes uh, a lot of time, a lot of time. Um, but I am seeing, you know, some young leaders coming up. Um, and if I can share with you just uh, a word from Jeremiah 315. This was actually a prophetic word that was given to me about five years ago. Um, I'm going to read this. It says, Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. And this word was given to me in regards to young leaders coming up in the churches in Japan, that God oh, is wow. calling young shepherds after his heart who will lead the people here with knowledge and understanding. So I've been praying for this every day since I received that word. And, you know, I share that with you and with the listeners also that they would join in with us in prayer because we desperately need um, young leaders in the church here. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'll share one quick testimony. Um, the last guy that I interview on the podcast, his name is Shogo, and he was not Christian before before um, going into grad school. And he went to grad school in the United States, and that's where he, long story short, that's where he uh, met Jesus. And now he's back in Kanazawa, and he's just like so excited to like tell everybody about Jesus. And that's and yeah and i just like love seeing like young young people um like catch that and and i am asking for the lord like more like cases like shogo like they're they're god you are the god of the impossible so you yes. can do more yes. um yeah so and and thank you so much for sharing that prayer for christ that is that is um a very real need. Um, so I'm thankful that you shared that. Sure. Can you talk a little bit about um, what throughout the years, um, kind of like what had helped you hold on to hope despite the external circumstances? Um, like, for example, you mentioned that laboring and ministering in Japan, the reality is that it is a very difficult place. Um, like some people might, you know, like maybe their first time to Japan, they wear like a rosy glass of like, wow, like this is great. Like a sushi is amazing. Like the kombinins are amazing, you know, like, and, and at the same time, the reality is that like there is a hard aspect to it um yeah. so i love for you to talk a little bit about like what kept you going um how 
how what helped you hold on to hope um, despite the external um, circumstances? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question because, um, you know, so many times I remember, you know, living in the States and hearing uh, missions reports about teams that have come back or missionaries sharing. And oftentimes, you know, they would say, oh, there was 100 people saved or we got 20 people saved. And it was about numbers and people would rejoice about the numbers. And that is a joyful thing. That is something to rejoice about. But, you know, especially if you're serving in Japan, you have to know that it's not about the results. It's about obedience to God. Because there's going to be times when you don't see results. There's going to be years that you work with people and there's no changes. And if we focus on results or what we think is results, you know, you're going to burn out really, really quick and you're going to want to give up. But what's important is to remember your call. And that goes for everyone. We need to remember our call, what God has called us to do and remain faithful and obedient to him and not worry about the results that we see because I'm really convinced that the majority of the work that God does, the overwhelming majority of the work that God does, we cannot see. And just because we don't see results, it doesn't mean that God is not working. He is so faithful. He is working beyond what we know. And so I think it's just really important to remember that and not focus on um, what we want to see happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I I think it's so important, like you mentioned, um, that it's about obedience and remembering the call. Um, yeah. Yeah, that is, that is really good. Um, can you talk a little, and, and this is just like me also just picking your brain again. Um, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like you're this like wise, like <laughs> Jedi, like, <laughs> like, oh, please let me pick, pick everything that's on your brain. Um, yeah, like in terms of, because like the word calling, like sometimes like there's like a specific path, like for me specifically, I'm I'm just someone like who's trying to follow Jesus and also trying to figure out what my calling is in my life. Um, and I love for you to like recall, I guess, like earlier stages of your life and how kind of like how you navigated that. Because for me um, in this season, there's like confusion. There's like, all right, God, like, let me draw closer to you and and cling on to the word because I know I can trust that. Um, and I'm still in that process of like learning the muscles of like, okay, which one is my own voice, my thought voice, which one is the Holy spirit, which one is the world's voice. Um, yeah. So I love to like, I don't know, like hear some encouragement from you or some like two cents, um, tips on that. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, I could share just from my own experience. Um, the last seminary paper that I wrote was about 
my my journey, my calling. We had to take this class. It was kind of like a capstone of our spiritual life. And so I had to remember all these things from my childhood. And, you know, it was amazing that I saw that there was this path that I was on. And, you know, I'll, I'll share just really quickly. The, you know, I was saved when I was 10. I grew up in a Christian home and then I made a decision for Christ when I was at a Christian camp. And then uh, when I was 15, it was the first time I heard God's voice in my heart. I was kind of doubting my salvation and I just heard God say to me, you know, in my heart, not an audible voice, but I just heard him repeat to me, I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And that kept repeating in my heart over and over again. And it just gave me great confidence that, yeah, I'm saved. God is with me. He's really here with me. And then um, when I was preparing to come to Japan, you know, I was taking notes at this one particular meeting. And then when I got home, I was going over the notes. And one of the um, speakers was speaking on the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 20, where he calls the disciples to go to all nations. And the very last thing that Jesus said is, and I am with you always. And I just felt like God was telling me, you know, that's your life verse. You know, and I was recalling, oh yeah, you know, God told me that when I was 15, I'm with you. And that those words are part of the Great Commission. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, God, are you calling me to be a missionary? What does that mean? What's the significance? And I just had all these questions for God. You know, again, I wanted to know the long-term plans. You know, what does that mean? Why is my life first part of the Great Commission? And, and God said nothing. And I just had to just kind of keep that in my heart and just remember that, okay, my life first is part of the Great Commission and maybe in the future God will share more. And, and sure enough, over the years, you know, I ended up coming to Japan and um, God just shared with me more and more. But I learned that He shares on His timing when he's ready to show us more of the plan. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but... Um, yeah, thank you so much for... Yeah, that's like super helpful. Thank you so much for sharing that because I think it gives me the perspective that like... Or like reminder that like you're right like god doesn't have to share everything all at once and there's he has infinite wisdom in that and i mean there's probably reasons why why he does that um at the same time i'm just like jesus living in that tension is not fun <laughs> let's be real i know i know yeah well, one thing that has helped me is to you know whenever i think that god is speaking to me whether it's you know through a bible verse that stands out or maybe just some words in a praise song or just maybe a feeling i'll write it down in my journal and, you know, I'll go back and look at it and realize, well, maybe that wasn't God. But if I really go back in the journal and I read the things that at least I think are God leading, sometimes there's this path and they're connected. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this, you know, God is leading me and he 
kind of repeats the same things to me over and over again. So that's also helpful to me. It's just to write it down and then, you know, try not to write it down and forget it, but write it down and then later go back and read those things that I think God is saying. And oftentimes there is a connection and a path that you can see. Yeah, thank you so much for um, sharing your own experience with like your journey with the Lord. It's it's really, really encouraging because um, for me personally, I've just seen a lot of missionaries um, being in the field and being super burned out. Um, and it's very encouraging to see someone um, and talk talk with someone who uh, I think what I'm seeing or what I'm what I'm thinking of is like despite the furnace um, still burns brightly for Jesus or even like brighter um, so thank you so much for being willing to share your your faith um, with me with with the listeners um, it, it's really encouraging yeah I'm glad. I'm glad. (laughs) And just to share, I went through a period of severe burnout um, because one thing about this nation that, you know, maybe people know about or maybe they don't know how severe it is, is that rest is not valued in Japan. It's just not valued. And people work harder here than any other country of the world. And I say that you know, because I have firsthand knowledge and I found myself getting caught up in working, working, working. And, you know, in ministry, ministry is 24-7. It can be 24-7. There's no set hours for ministry. So it's possible to completely burn yourself out doing ministry, not only in Japan, in any nation. And so I went through a period of severe burnout and, um, It took me years and years to try to come out of that. And I learned that you need to do things that feed your soul. You need to do things for you that refresh you, whatever that may be. And we need to value rest because rest is one of the things that God has created. so you know, I Can just you talk about that more um, because <laughs> because I I am of East Asian descent and I that's like one topic that I've been also like wrestling with because um, maybe it's cultural, but the whole idea of like like I totally agree with what you say of like. I need to feed my soul of things that are nourishing to my soul. And then another part of my voice is like, that's dumb. Like that's selfish. Like, why would you do that? And I think I'm trying to like wrestle with it. And a part of me is like, wait, like what? Like, this is so confusing because, because it's almost like, it's like, no, you don't need rest. Like go serve, like go to ministry. Like, and, and I think, um, I'm catching those thoughts and like, I still haven't reached a conclusion yet, but I'm really just like trying to wrestle through, through that. Um, because something like, I, I do realize that like everybody needs rest and that is good. And God deems it as good. Um, and 
I don't know why it's so hard for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I think it's hard for all of us, and it is cultural because um, it's not only Japan but other Asian countries where work is just so valued, and I think a lot of us struggle with that because it's also tied into depending on yourself. Because when we work, it makes us feel good that we did it. We worked hard and we accomplished that. And you know, it goes back to the fact that God is the one who created rest. If we don't rest, we can die. And in fact,、um, there's a word in Japanese. It's called karoshi, and it literally means death from overwork. Oh wow! Now think about that. There was a need to create a word that means death from overwork because people in this country sometimes die because of stress-related work,、uh, stress-related conditions due to overwork. So it's a real thing, and you know when you shared earlier about you know that voice that says, "Oh, you don't need to rest, you don't need to feed your soul." Don't listen to that voice. <laughs>、um, we do need to do things for ourselves to refresh our bodies and to refresh our soul, and it's really important to know what it is that. Feeds your soul. For example, I needed to go through counseling when I went through burnout, and my counselor shared with me that, you know, for him it's you know taking long walks on the beach, and he finds himself breathing deeper when he's able to take long walks on the beach. For me, it's going to art museums. I know that sounds weird, but I really love art, and when I walk through a quiet art museum, I find myself just. Breathing deeper and just being so refreshed, you know, looking at things that are beautiful. So, whatever it is, whether it's exercise, being quiet, being with friends, sleeping, you need to find what it is that feeds your soul, that refreshes you. And I think we also need to know when we need to rest and when we need to play. Because we need both, and、um, another counselor told me once. He said, "Steve, if you work hard, you need to play hard." And it took me a while to understand what he was saying, but it's true. You know, if we work really, really hard, we need to balance that by you know playing hard and having times of fun to kind of balance that.、Um, and don't let anyone. Tell you or try to take you away from those times of rest, because without it, you know, we will just burn ourselves to the ground. Wow, I'm so glad you、um, share that, and I think that's also like my prayer for a lot of my missionary friends because、oh, that's the, great. yeah, there's just. A lot of times, people are just go go go. Especially in ministry, like there's no there's no healthy boundary between that and and like off off work.、Um, so I'm really glad that that you shared about your journey and just the importance of that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I learned so much. Um, Oh, thank you. Yeah. I I definitely feel like we could do another episode some other time because there's so (laughs) much. We barely scratched the surface and I really enjoy talking to you. There's so many things I love to pick your brain about. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you. And thank you for doing this podcast. You know, um, one of my desires is that more people come to Japan and more people are called by God to come and serve, whether it's for, you know, a week for a short term or whether it's for a few years or whether it's full time. We definitely more people. So thank you for your heart for Japan and for doing this podcast so that more people will know about the great opportunities for ministry here. Yeah. Um, before we close, do you mind actually saying a prayer and praying into that specifically? Yeah. Awesome. Pray. Dear Father God, thank you so much. Thank you so much, God, for your love. Thank you, Lord, for your love that is faithful. Thank you that you are a good father and that your thoughts for us are for good to prosper us and to give us hope. Thank you, Lord, for your great love for this nation. Thank you, Lord, that you love this nation and for your love that you pour out so freely on this nation, Lord. Father, we pray that the blood of Jesus would continue to be poured out on Japan. We pray, Lord, for people's heart to be turned to you, Lord. We pray for a mighty work of the Spirit, a work like never before. We pray that your Spirit would be poured out on this nation, Lord, so that people would see you and know that you love them. We pray that Jesus would be known. We pray that your spirit would convict hearts that Jesus is Savior and Jesus is the only way. We pray that Jesus would be received in the hearts of this nation, Lord. And we pray, Lord, as you have promised in your word, that you would send young shepherds after your heart who will lead with knowledge and understanding, Lord. Father, we pray for all those that are listening to this podcast, Lord, that you would call those who are listening to come and answer that call. Lord, we pray with faith and we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And I don't typically do this on the podcast, um, but could I also pray for you as well? I love to just bless you with with um, a prayer, if that's okay with you, Steve. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. Dear God, thank you so much um, for who you are. And thank you so much for how you reveal yourself to Steve in the many decades of... Um, being in Japan and also knowing you, God, I thank you that, um, God, I thank you that he, Steve is someone that, um, 
truly values your opinion above all else and that is something that is so apparent and so encouraging for others so god i just thank you so much that steve is a light in japan and that you are so proud of him as your son um that you're so proud that you have steve in the tohoku region and you just love bragging to other people about yeah who 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 your son is and um yeah god i just i'm so grateful to have this time to get to know steve even more and god i just i pray that you continue to breathe into the tohoku region um i know that region has such a special place in your heart yes and and god i thank you for all that you're doing um the things that we do see and the things that we don't see god we just we praise you we thank you that um the ending of the story is sure the ending of the story is good that japan has a seat at the table um and that and that it is going to be glorious so god we thank you for that and we thank you so much um for your precious blood and it's in Jesus name that i pray amen amen yeah thank you, thank you so, so much oh yeah thank you as well for taking the time out of your busy day to chat with me i really appreciate it thank you god bless you and your ministry Thank you. And before we wrap up this episode, I asked this question to all of my guests. Um so I I need to ask you this as well. Um what is something that is Japanesey that you absolutely cannot live without? So it can be like a type of dish, a phrase, Shiba Inus or Daiso, like literally anything that is Japanesey. Uh I would have to say rice. I grew up mm. eating rice and I can I love any type of rice no matter how you prepare it. Mm-hmm. And um yeah. <laughs> I love rice. That's a yeah. good one. And Japanese rice is especially good. Oh, it's so good and they make it so many different ways and uh any type of rice I love. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much friends for listening to another pot another episode of Care Package to Japan. Um the purpose of this podcast is to showcase God's love for Japan and if you also would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to email me at carepackagetojapan@gmail.com and we would love to hear from you as well. All right, let's it everyone. Have a great day.